welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast. On our podcast, we teach the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical principles that empower all people with real-life, timeless applications. I am your host, Bible teacher, Yolanda Tyler. Well, praise the name of the Lord. We are so excited that you guys could join us on the podcast today. We have a very special guest. His name is Kevin Jackson. He's a powerful, respectful man of God. We both attend the same church. And I always remember Kevin from the time he gave a powerful testimony at one of our church anniversary services. Kevin Jackson was born in Houston, Texas. His family moved to Burton, Texas when he was 11 years old. He grew up in a loving home. Kevin shared that his childhood was the best. His father was a hard worker and he loved his children. Kevin was raised in the church. His uncle Johnny was a preacher. He lived next door to them. And he made sure Kevin and his siblings went to Sunday school and church regularly. Kevin is still a committed Christian and enjoys witnessing to the lost. As a young child, Kevin remembers the choir singing the old gospel hymns. There was no piano or any other instruments. Kevin was inspired by the music and fell close to the Lord by their singing. Kevin's father was family-oriented and made sure they knew their neighbors. He fostered strong family and community relationships. At about 16 years of age, Kevin met Tanya at a high school dance. They fell in love and felt that they were inseparable. Kevin eventually went to live with Tanya's family. At the age of 17, when he was suspended from high school, Tanya eventually conceived and gave birth to their first daughter, Rihanna. She conceived again and gave birth to Kayla. Although Kevin and Tanya separated, nevertheless, the girls were Kevin's heart. Kayla eventually went to Blinn College. At the age of 22, Kayla decided to move to Houston. She had lived there for a few years and was working to support herself. One Saturday afternoon, Kevin received a phone call from the Houston Police Department. It caused him to feel numbness in his hands and fingertips. He knew that he could not handle the information that he had received in his own strength. Kevin is here to share his story with us. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us. And go ahead and share your testimony. Thank you for having me. Well, me and Tanya met at 16 years old, like you were saying, at a high school dance. We was inseparable. Me and her uh, eventually started going to school together. When I got kicked out of Burton School, uh, I moved in with Tanya's and her mother. And over the next few years, you know, I graduated and, and ended up with a real good paying job in Brenham. And we ended up getting a house together. And later on, uh, she became pregnant with my oldest daughter. And then a couple years later, she got pregnant with Kayla. And when she gave birth to Kayla, the day that she gave birth, the doctors grabbed Kayla and ran out the room with Kayla. And we didn't know what was going on. And Tanya was crying, asking for a baby. I'm wondering what's going on. And come to find out, Kayla was born with a birth defect. She was born with a cleft palate, soft cleft palate, where the lip, you know, sometimes the lips are split in half, but hers was, wasn't that bad. Hers was in the roof of her mouth split in half. And lucky, we had one of the top specialists in the world operate and do plastic surgery on Kayla. And 
close that gap up. They told us that she would end up not being able to speak and it would affect her hearing and her eating and everything. But over time, we realized it wasn't affecting nothing. Kayla grew up a normal child. And as she got older, we noticed that there was no issues at all. You know, you wouldn't be able to tell from her older sister versus her. You know, she you wouldn't even be able to tell she had a birth defect. But later on, as I got older, uh, me and her mother ended up separating. And I moved down the road with my parents. And I stayed in my, my kid's life. I, I love them to death. And I stayed with them. You know, I would pick them up on weekends and spend a lot, a lot of time with them. And as time went on, she eventually graduated from high school. And she decided to move to College Station where she tried, you know, tried college for a while and it didn't work out for her. So she decided to move to Houston with a friend of hers. So when she moved to Houston, you know, she had a little job up there and she was trying her best to make it. She was having a hard time at first, but things started working out for her and she was able to get her a little apartment, a little car and everything. And she had a little boyfriend that I liked. He was a real good dude and they were uh, doing pretty well together and one night, Kayla decided to go out with some friends, and she told her boyfriend she would be back later. So she left the house and went out with her friends, and while she was out that night, she, one of her friend's friends got drunk, and she was pretty messed up. So type of person Kayla was, she was very caring and very always wanted to help people. So she told the young lady that she would take her home. So she took her to the house, and... What the young lady told me about Kayla was that Kayla was so helpful with her. She got in the house and the young girl had threw up and Kayla threw her, you know, cleaned up her vomit and took her wig off and hung her wig up for her, changed her shirt for her because she had vomit on her shirt and took her phone and plugged her phone in and told the young lady that, you know, I'm fixing to leave. I'm going to lock the door behind me. And she left. And when she got out on the highway, Kayla had told me a week before that she was hearing some noises on the front of her car. And I told her to bring it to me, but, you know, she never did. You know, a week had passed. She never brought it to me. And so when she got out on the highway and it was about two or three in the morning, it wasn't no one out there on 288 in Houston. And the roads were pretty clear. She was going about 70, or 80 miles an hour. And that front tire broke on her car. And when it broke, she slid from the middle of the road all the way to the side of the road and, she hit an incline, and when she hit the incline, the car went to flipping, and it flipped like six times, and it, it finally stopped at almost to the top of the hill. And there was an eyewitness, a young lady that witnessed it all, and she ran over to the car, and when she ran over there, Kayla was already dead. She had a, a real bad skull fracture. I guess when the car was flipping, she hit her head on something, and it, and it knocked out and killed her at the same time. Wow. Now, when you share with me, you said that you're you felt numbness in your body when you received the call from the Houston Police Department. So talk about how your relationship with the Lord, how that came into just right into action when you received that phone call. So when I received a phone call and I answered it and they asked me who who is speaking, I said, Kevin Jackson, and they, and they said, uh, well, uh, do you know a Kayla Jackson? I said, yes. And they say, well, uh, who is she to you? And I said, that's my daughter. And they say, well, I'm sorry to inform you. And when they said sorry to inform you, I knew for some reason I knew it was bad then. And my, my heart started, I could feel my heart falling into my stomach. And they said, I'm sorry to inform you that your daughter had passed away. And at that moment, soon they gave me that information, I felt like it was almost like I was going into shock. My hands went cold and 
I knew right at that moment I couldn't handle the information, so I had to switch over, switch my thinking. I had to start thinking different than what the information they were giving me. Like, the information they was giving me is like, she's gone, she's dead. But to me, I had to think, she's okay. She's in a better place. I had to quickly go to thinking positive about the situation. And it was it was very hard, but I didn't have no choice because I knew, again, I, I couldn't handle the information. And I didn't know whether what I was dealing with was going to take me out. Was I going to die of a heart attack or stroke from the information they're giving me? So then that's when I had to change my thinking. Amen. Now, you mentioned to me also, Kevin, as we talked before the interview, that you never felt depression and that you had to be a watchman over your mind. So explain how our thinking affects everything about us as a human being. So, you know, I never talked about it really to no one, but I dealt with mental illness several years ago and I cried out to God one night and the next morning I woke up with this Bible story in my head where Jesus went on the mountain and the devil approached him. Well, the devil didn't approach him physically. He, he approached him mentally. Amen. He was, in, he was in his mind. He was telling him to do things that Jesus didn't want to do. And what Jesus did, he replaced the devil's words with scriptures. So I guess God was telling me at that time I was dealing with mental issues. Hey, all this stuff you got coming in your mind, you need to replace it. So I started replacing it. Every time I have a negative thought, I would replace it. And, and in the beginning, it takes a little while because you're, you, you don't transform your mind into, into this thinking. So now you got to transform your mind out of it. So what I did was anytime anything negative came, I would, I would say a scripture and say something positive, like God is love, love is God. God is love, love is God. And slowly over time, you know, in the beginning, I might have had to do it every every hour. But as the days passed, it got to where I only had to do it once a day and then eventually once a week and then once a month until it left me. And that's what you got to do because it's the repetitive thinking over and over. If you're constantly thinking sad, sad things over and over, and you're not, you're not catching that in your mind. You're just constantly thinking sad things. You're going to fall into depression. If you're constantly thinking of angry things, over and over and over. You'll become an angry person. If you want your mind to be healthy, you have to put healthy practices in, in place. You know, Man. stand there at, the, at your conscience, at your subconscious, stand at that door and be guard and watch your mind. Don't allow nothing negative to come in. Amen. And that's such a blessing because the word tells us to think on good things, you know, things that are pure, yeah, that are just... So the Bible tells us how to structure our thinking and also tells us that we ought to have the mind of Christ, that Christ-like mindset of humility, you know? So Amen. Kevin wanted you to discuss too, you said after you handled all the arrangements for Kayla and you said she, you had a dream about Kayla after she passed, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Two days after she passed away, I was asleep in the middle of the night and she came to me. And when she came to me, she came to me with excitement. It, it was almost like she had a wonderful opportunity to, to tell me something. And she came straight in and she told me, she said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm not dead. It was almost like she was telling me, why y'all shouldn't be crying because, hey, I'm not dead. So she was like, Daddy, Daddy, I'm not dead. I'm alive. It's beautiful here. And I would not want to come back. And I love you. And she disappeared. And I jumped up. I'm sleeping. I, my wife, it woke my wife up. She said, you all right? 
I said, Kayla just came to me. She like, what? So what I just said, Kayla had a wonderful opportunity to say something. It couldn't have been a dream because she was too precise. She told me exactly what she needed to tell me and she left. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And you also mentioned that one of her friends told your son that Kayla came to know Jesus as her Lord and Savior a year before she passed. Yes, ma'am. We had a lot of support at that time. People calling and and uh, giving their condolences. And someone reached out to my son on Facebook, a, a young lady. I don't know the young lady, but she reached out to my son and wanted my son to tell me that her and Kayla, a year before she passed, gave their life to God. And that blessed me to hear that. Amen. You know, yes, ma'am. That is beautiful. Yes. And then too, yes. Kevin, we know that we will see Kayla again in heaven because we will see yes, our loved ones again. That's the hope and that's the comfort that we have in knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, I also wanted you to go into a little bit how you did not grieve until you said six months later and how it affected your body because you didn't properly grieve early on. I felt like I couldn't grieve because, you know, they say men don't cry, but that's not true. But that wasn't my reason for not crying and not grieving. It was because I looked around me and my family was crying and I felt like I had to be there for them. I had to hold myself up and show them how to get through this. And so I just, my the main thing was just, I kept telling my kids, Kayla's okay. The body that you see is not Kayla. It's a Kayla then left the body. It's kind of like the, uh, the seashells on the beach. It's empty. They're empty because they left and found a new home. And that's, that's exactly what Kayla did. So I didn't have time to grieve because I, I constantly tried to uplift my family. And it took eventually, months later, it took a toll on me. I started getting sick. And I, I come to find out, I, I started having high blood pressure. And I, and I already knew the issue because I could feel it. I could, like I was telling you before, I can feel the scar on my heart of me losing my daughter. I could feel that that scar till this day I I knew I had to get the grief off of me I trusted in God and I believed where she was but it didn't mean that it didn't hurt so I decided I knew what I had to do so I I drove out to my daughter's grave I about 10 minutes before I got there I cut the most saddest song on I could find and I played it to get in my feelings and when I opened that door and I looked at my daughter's grave walking up to her I broke down and I got it all out right there at the grave. After that day I left, I never had blood pressure issues again after that. Amen. That's a blessing. So actually, you were healed and delivered right there at the grave site. Yes, ma'am. Right there. That is yes, a beautiful thing. So, Kevin, right now, let's say someone is listening. And of course, you know, it's during the holiday season. And they've just lost a child to a tragedy. In a few words, what would you tell them? First thing I would tell them, it's okay to cry because even Jesus wept. Amen. And there's a process of kind of like taking your clothes to the laundromat. Just you, that the tears washes away stress and pain. It, it don't wash it completely away, but it eases the pain and it eases the stress. It's best to grieve. Don't feel bad about grieving. That's the, that's the process of, of your loved one's passing. You, you have to grieve. And another another thing I would tell them is to pick up the Bible and, and read scriptures confirming that their loved ones are in heaven and that they are all right. Amen. Yes, ma'am. 
That is so beautiful. Now, Kevin, let's do this. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Father, we come to you asking you to send your angels to those grieving over the loss of a loved one. There's someone grieving in a lonely, hurtful, dark place right now. Call them out of that darkness and direct them into your loving arms, Father. We're asking for you to hold them and cover them during the transition and mourning of their loved ones. Give them understanding and peace and comfort over their hearts and their minds. And as your word says, Father, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You say, Father, if you're absent from the body, we're present with you. Restore hope and reassure them that we are blessed coming in and we're blessed leaving out. Allow your word, Father, to overfill their broken hearts with peace and understanding. Allow Mrs. Tyler's podcast and our conversation to be inspiring and directional to those that may need it. We decree and we declare every word that was said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. And I appreciate your time. God bless you. God bless you too. And I appreciate you allowing to share Kayla's story. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.